Now, the Brotherhood, pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu, live from the St. Louis Alumni Association Clubhouse at 916 Coolidge Street. Brought to you by Leeward Roofing, the Crusader Lounge, and the St. Louis Alumni Association. Happy Aloha Monday! Aaron McCombie along with Gerald Welch right here in the Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, off the bat, Gerald, of course, we got to talk about this and address it because everybody's been talking about it since the news was uh, announced last week. Uh, Coach Ron Lee, who's been at the helm at St. Louis School for the last uh, three seasons, will not be uh, coming back as the head coach next, uh, next year in 2024. A lot of speculation going around. Who will be the next head football coach? Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, we're going we're to say it right now. Gerald, you're, you're one of the candidates for yeah. this position. Yes. Let me, so what do you feel you bring to a program like St. Louis? Well, I'm on campus all day. You know, I see these kids. I, I know they're teachers. I know they're counselors. So I'm able to push those guys in those areas. So, you know, I'm in the locker room. I, I, you know, I want, I want to instill some discipline and, and do those things. But I just want to be around those guys day in and day out and, and get to know them. Um, but I do think that I've been around football for a long time. I learned a lot from Coach Ron. You know, I had a conversation with him the other day and, you know, I got kind of emotional because he was my coach in high school. He was my coach in college. And, you know, he allowed me to come back to my alma mater and coach alongside him. And, you know, I've learned a lot from him. And so, you know, speaking with him, I got, you know, I got a little teary-eyed because, man, I love the guy. He's like a father to me. So, you know, just going through this transition, it's going to be tough. But I, I think, you know, Coach Ron is fully supportive of what's coming up. And, you know, uh, I think that, like I said, me being on campus and being through football, you know, um, and I'm willing to, you know, hire the best coaches that we can find. But, you know, if, if there's a big name that comes across or anything like that that we just can't miss out on, you know, I, I, I got no problems with that. So, But I do think that I love St. Louis, you know, and, you know, I tell everybody, aside from being a father and a husband, you know, graduating from St. Louis is, is probably one of the biggest things in my life. And, and I I just I continue want to be there. I, I I love the school. I love the kids there, and you know I just love everything about St. Louis, and I want to give back. I think think three things that I feel that you bring would be honesty, integrity, and as well as the pride. Um, a guy like you who who used to travel from the North Shore every day to come to St. Louis, and I think you've you've been through the program, you've seen it um, at its at its peak, you've seen it at its low right now. But I think one of the things that you do have is the, the, the fact that you have integrity. And a, a lot of people value that nowadays. You know, I think that is going to hopefully help you out. Um, other names that are being mentioned are, of course, are circulating across uh, the island right now. But we just want to say we wish them the best. We wish everybody the best. And hopefully we can get a head coach name before the end of this year. Right. That's, that, that's the plan because the way football is, it's over. It's ever evolving and there's pylon tournaments coming up next year already. Um, getting the kids into the weight room. Back when we played, it was always as soon as the last, uh, the last game of the season ends, which is the, probably the prep board state title game, you get one week off, and you're back in the weight room right after that. So right now we're a little bit behind. But hopefully, like I said, we uh, get a, a head coach named before the end of this year. Um, because you also wear the AD hat now. Put that, put that cap on. What is going on in, in athletics? Well, right now um – 
you know, basketball just getting underway at intermediate is actually wrapping up. It was a, it was a two month season really quick. Um, our intermediate is pretty solid. Both teams, you know, I think, you know, what coach Ike Kastner is doing and coach Mike Virtudes, they're, they're, you know, just developing our kids before they get up to coach Fernando them on the JV level and then moving up to the varsity with coach Dan Hale. I think the foundation has been set the last two years and, 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 the interest, how many kids come out, we, we got two teams for intermediate, we got two teams on JV, and also two teams on varsity. Um, our varsity, you know, our varsity two team just came back uh, from a trip to Kauai this past weekend. Um, our varsity one played in the Kailua tournament this past weekend. They're out, they're going to take off on Thursday to play in the in, in a tournament at Baldwin. Uh, and then we also got wrestling going on right now, which is the intermediate, is the season is well underway. Varsity has their first tournament this weekend at St. Louis. We're hosting uh, OIA ILH Open. Uh, all boys are at St. Louis, so you know we get to see firsthand, you know, what 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 top wrestlers in the state, and, and see how that goes. Um, but it, it, you know, a lot of things are happening. Soccer. We just played for our championship game today uh, at Iolani. Um, unfortunately, you know, at the end of regulation, it was zero zero, so we went to the shootout. Where we lost two to one to Iolani Black, um, uh, you know. So we're 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 right in the game with almost every sport on campus. So you know, it's something to be proud of because you know, basketball last year, track last year, volleyball last year, you know. And then we come into this year, we got our basketball team is doing well. Uh, soccer, like I just said, they they played for the championship. So you know, I'm excited about what we're doing on campus. You know, excited about the coaches and. and it's fun to be a part of and watch these things go on every single day. Hopefully, you know, within the next year or so, we can bring back that Triple Crown uh, title back to Kalepohaku. Sounds good. Hey, uh, speaking about um, some awards, got to get your insight on this. And, you know, of course, it's happening next, uh, this coming Saturday. It will be announced that uh, who will be this year's Heisman Trophy winner. Now, the uh, candidates this year are uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU, Oregon's Bo Nix, Washington's uh, Michael Penix Jr., and those are three quarterbacks. The fourth uh, candidate uh, is a, a finalist, sorry, is a receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., representing Ohio State University. Gerald, you get one vote. Who are you voting for and why? Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, just, just what he brings to that team. I mean, that kid is... It's not because you're a receiver too, right? Is I, you that know, what it is? Maybe that has a, lot, a little to do with it, but I just think the plays that he's made and the things that he's done. Um, you know, Bo Nix was kind of, you know, my favorite at the beginning, but, you know, lost twice to Washington this year. And then, you know, you know, Penix, he, Penix he's, he's done well, but then, you know, kind of struggled towards the end of the season and then came out last week and did a great job. But I, I think what – Marvin Harrison Jr. brings to Ohio State's team is, is something special. I mean, the plays that he's made, the catches that he's made, it's unbelievable. So He reminds me of you back in the day. You know, yeah, in, just in, about in, a foot taller. <laughs> you know, he has, he has those, uh, those quicks and those moves that you did back in the day. So I can see why you want to pick Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, for Heisman Trophy this year. Um, moving to the pro ranks. Tua still doing well with uh, – with the Dolphins um, still taking the lead in the team, and yesterday we got to see 
another guy from Kalaipohaku take the field. It was only for a few plays, but he was on the field in a loss, though, to the Niners. Talking about our, 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 our fellow brother, uh, Marcus Mariota and the Philadelphia Eagles. Did you watch him on the field? I was getting excited. I, I, was, I was like, this guy's going to take, take a snap here. Here we go. You know what? I was cheering for the 49ers until he went in. You know, and then when he went in, I was cheering for him. He got the first down, you know, on the tush-push. But, I mean, they, he brings something, you know, to the table that not many backup quarterbacks can. And I think him being out there and did what he did shows that he, they can rely on him. Just, in, you know, Hurts not only throws the ball well, he runs well. And, you know, but when you run the ball, it puts you in a situation where, you know, you could get hurt oftentimes and, you know, and – Unfortunately, he got a little bit of hurt that day and yesterday. And, and Marcus came in and did what he's supposed to do as a backup. He continued it, got the first down, and then Hurts came back in. But I was proud to see what he did. And then, you know, I was proud to see the 49ers end up winning 42-19. to 19. I mean, they did score <laughs> nine more points than our Cowboys did. But a loss is a loss. Well, this coming Sunday, our boys against the Niners. I mean, the Eagles, sorry, the Eagles. And it's in Big D this time. Last time we played at Philadelphia, it was kind of cold for us. We weren't ready for the weather. But <laughs> we're coming back home now to Arlington. How, what are you feeling right now? You, you feel that we're on this rise? We can kind of get over this hump and give the Eagles another loss? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I think 49ers, well, we played them close to last time. You know, we were a step of, a couple inches out of bounds and then a couple yards short on the end zone. I, I think we have what it takes to beat them. Um, we just got to come out and did what the 49ers did. You know, we got to stifle them, their offense, and get, get them into, you know, get them behind the chains and, and force some third and longs and, and get off the field. You know, I think playing at home helps a lot. And, you know, I, I'm excited for the game. It's, it's, it's Sunday night football. You know, hey, what greater platform than that? Sunday night football. It, it, you know, it's the, it's the last game that all of America and the world gets to see is the silver and blue versus the green and black. Of course, we can't hate on the Eagles because we have Marcus there. So I'm going to ask you this. You know, you being, you being a, a receiver, if you had a choice and say you, you're playing for the Eagles, Hurst goes down, there's Timmy and there's Marcus. Who do you want off the bench to, to be the next quarterback? Well, Tim's 42 <laughs> years old now. Uh, so we'll take Marcus Mariota now. But, you know, back in the day... <laughs> I'll take Timmy Chang any day, man, you know. But it, it, it's funny because he, he actually played for them. Yes. You know, right out of college <laughs> yeah. and things like that. He got some reps in there. and So it's interesting that you said that. So, hey, I love Timmy. But like I said, we're, we're, we're kind of in the Makuli League action right now. So uh, we have to go with Marcus. He's a little younger. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. So we'll go with him for now. Who runs faster, you or Timmy? Well, he's flat-footed, you know, <laughs> and I think – that 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 gives me the 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 odd favorite right at the beginning, and then I think his will keep him in the wind, you know. So uh, I'll take my chances on that one. Oh my gosh! Well, hey, coming up today, our special guest, in fact, is part of Timmy Chang's um, staff, current staff right now, the defensive coordinator. Of course, just to put it out there, we did call Coach uh, Chang. To see if he can stop by the show, but currently he is on a trip. Uh, he said recruiting trip, so 
he's out there doing that, and he'll definitely come by the show, hopefully in 2024, uh, when he has some free time. But coming up in just a few moments, a guy who uh, you and I both looked up to going to uh, St. Louis, a guy who he, he, he doesn't say much on the field, but his actions speak louder than words. If, there's a, if there was a word that can describe our, our guest, what would it be, Gerald, for you? Well, he's amped. You know, he's always, since high school, he's always amped. You know, when you see him on the field tackling or just getting ready to play, he was fired up, you know. I knew him since we were little kids playing baseball. He played for Mililani, and I would be, I would be jacked too because he was jacking home runs and making plays and doing all those things. He was one of those kids that were just a phenom from little kids and then coming to St. Louis, and he did what he did, uh, went to college and, and did a few things, and then, now he's coaching at the college level, and you know, with the the last several games that they they played in, it, it was fun to watch offensively, defensively. You know, assignment alignment and execution, and that's what they did. You know, and it was fun to watch. It's it's something to be proud of seeing the St. Louis boys doing what they're doing at the next level. You know, you talk about being amped and stuff like that. I used to go to watch the practices. And the, and the games, and I swear, I thought this guy was suited up and played, bro, because he was so pumped up, and he was so lively, getting the energy going for the boys. And little do you guys know, I mean, he still looks like he can play. His, his physique is still there, you know. Uh, his wife's looking at me right now like, uh, no, you got to stop right now. But he still looks like he can, he can ball. I mean, you know, he's a, a guy who, like I said, doesn't say much on the field, but uh, does a lot of banging, a lot of actions uh, with, his, with his hitting. Uh, that's, that's what he talks. So we'll bring up in just a few moments. We're talking about defensive coordinator of the University of Hawaii football team, Jacob Bureau. We'll be coming right now uh, after the break. Sorry. Right here on The Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. This is The Brotherhood. Pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu. And we're back here on The Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. Aaron, we call me alongside... Uh, the f- a three-time All-State Player of the Year, Gerald Welch, from the class of 2000. But right now, we bring in our special guest, 1997. Oh, bro, 97, huh? Ooh. But he still looks like he graduated 2007. Uh, current University of Hawaii Defensive Coordinator, Jacob Yorl. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for making time. I know you're you know, busy schedule. Uh, right now, it's... Uh, you're done with season, but we'll talk about that uh, after. But let me ask you this. Second year as the, at, at the helm of the defense, how is it like? It's, um, it's been challenging, but it's also been very exciting. Um, you know, as we continue to press forward in Timmy's second year and building the culture in which we're trying to build, um, you know, we're just continually trying to build this and trying to get the recruits in and doing the things that we – want to be able to do to, to make this state proud. What was the biggest difference you've seen from year one to year two as a DC? I mean, I, I think that <clears throat> anytime you go into your second year, it's, it's big on just everybody understanding the expectation. And so as we continue to press forward, um, you know, the big thing going into this offseason is consistency. And it's something that, you know, if, you, if you'd watch us throughout our season – um, there's been really some highlights. There's been some lowlights. And for us to be able to continue with consistency is where I believe we need to go in order to take the next step forward. You know, you mentioned uh, Timmy Chang um, being under him for his second year. 
you know, you've coached uh, with so many other head coaches uh, throughout your career. What is something that you've learned from Timmy that you will take with you if you ever become a head coach one day? Timmy is a guy who, out of all the head coaches that I've worked with, he cares the most about his players. And I think at the end of the day, regardless of how this thing is going in Division One football, in regards to the business aspect of it, NIL, transfer portal, all of those things, at the end of the day, it's still about relationships. And Timmy has done a great job of creating relationships with the guys, creating relationships with the staff, and doing those things that I believe matter in winning football games in Division One football. Uh, for year two, what kind of grade would you give your, your defense this year? You know, there's so much room for improvement. Um, if you really were to look at our at our team in all three aspects, defensively, offensively, and special teams, again, I'm going to talk about consistency. You see us playing very well at certain aspects of the of the season, and then you see us playing very poor at certain aspects of the season. And so it's really frustrating as a coach, but it's also very rewarding as a coach to understand that that we have the opportunity and the ability to play at a very high level. And we just got to be able to find the ability to do that on a consistent basis. And to compete at the Division One level, you know, especially with recruits. You know, when you compare University of Hawaii to a lot of these other programs, you know, what the coaches get paid, the facilities they play in and get to, you know, rehab in and things like that. It, it, it can be very challenging. What, what do you guys have to offer these recruits that – some of these other schools that, you know, the coaches get paid more money. The kids get bigger NIL deals, and, and the facilities are better. Like, well, what, what can we sell to these recruits that, that, that will bring them to Hawaii? First and foremost, if you're a kid that is growing up in Hawaii, the opportunity to play in front of your hometown, your home state, your home people, I think that is a huge selling point for us. The ability, you know, guys like you, know, guys like you Gerald, that decided to – to stay home, to be able to to be able to put the state on your back, the same way in which Timmy talks about all the time, and to be able to do those things and play for something more than just yourself, I think that's huge. And the ability for us to be able to promote our players into the next 40 years of their life, right? Guys who be able to stay home, be able to enter whatever professional field that they they decide to enter. Um, and do that. I mean, there's no place better than this. Well, I can agree with you more. You know, when, when what sold me on UH, right? I, I was recruited from other schools, Washington State, you know, Cal Berkeley, uh, uh, Utah. So what sold me at UH was when June Jones told me, what do you want to do after football? Where do you want to work? Because not many guys make it to the NFL. You know, the chances are not the most, but and, and that, that, that got me because – what I'm doing right now today, if I didn't stay at home at UH, I'm not sure if I'll be doing what I'm doing today. I, I, I have a gr great job. I love what I do. And, and I think staying home and playing for UH has a lot to do with it. So I cannot agree with you more. And, you know, for watching you guys this year, what I wanted to bring up was the Air Force game. You know, watching the dive man get the dive, the quarterback man get the quarterback, and then the pitch man get the pitch. You know, I, I thought – Assignment, alignment, execution was so on point that game. I was excited. Like I said, I haven't made it to my seat at one of the UH football <laughs> games yet. But just watching this and being, a, you know, just being so happy for you guys doing what you guys are doing. So thanks again for 
what you guys do for the home team and, and I hope that you guys got nothing but success in the, in the future. And I was telling Jake the other day when he was recruiting at St. Louis is that I'm talking to Coach Ron, they had three wins last year. He's supposed to go four this year, not five, because now we've got to get seven next year. So the pressure's <laughs> on, but it's fun to watch, fun to be a part of. So, hey, go get them. Let me ask you, you talk about keeping the local players home. How do you get million kids to come to Hawaii? What's your selling point? I mean, the selling point is, <clears throat> is the same as some of the local guys. It's just a little bit different, right? There's so many guys out there on the mainland. This Division One football has turned so much with NIL, with the transfer portal, but yet there's still so many guys out there that are yearning for a place in which they can go play to be a part of something bigger than themselves that are looking for what Timmy coins as the brotherhood. And there's so many recruits out there that I speak with that are looking for a connection to a place a connection to a staff, a connection to their brothers on the rest of the roster, and there's no place better than here. Um, it really isn't. I mean, when you look at the way our roster is is built and what encompasses all of that, that there's so much more to what college football is. At the end of the day, yes, college football is about NIL right now, and it's about the transfer portal. But the human yearning of being connected, some, connected to something bigger than themselves is still out there. And there's so many players out there right now that I'm speaking to that want to be a part of something that is special, being a part of something that is different. And I think that Coach Chang has done a great job of building that culture here at the University of Hawaii. Are you a proponent for the NIL and transfer portal? Because back when you played in college, there was none of that. This is new to us. Do you like this? I mean, it's turned college football on its head. There's no doubt about that. And I think that players should be compensated for what they bring to the universities. There's no doubt about that either. Um, but there's certain entities that are out there that are turning this into something that is totally different than what it's intended for. And so, you know... We need to be able to adjust with the times. We need to be able to adjust to what the culture is right now in college football. Um, but at the end of the day, people are still yearning for a connection to something that's bigger than themselves. And I think that's what the University of Hawaii offers to them. We're talking a story with a 1997 St. Louis uh, graduate and current defensive coordinator of the University of Hawaii football team, uh, Jacob Yoro. There's a player that, actually a captain on your defensive squad this year who you've known since he was born, pretty much. You and his dad are classmates. Talking about Isaiah Tufanga. Of course, Isaiah's one of those players who actually went away, then came back home to Hawaii. Um, what is something that he, he kind of brings, that, a special talent he brings to the team that maybe we don't see on the field because he's kind of hidden in the, in, the, in the locker room or behind closed doors? I mean, Isaiah is one of those guys that he's going to go down as one of my favorite players that I've ever coached. Um, he's a guy that went away. I recruited the dog out of him out of high school. <laughs> um, he decided to go away, and he came back because he understood what this state, what this place, what this university meant to he and his family. And Isaiah is one of those guys. <clears throat> if you ever met Isaiah, you would understand. He doesn't speak a lot. He's not very boisterous. But 
he was the heart and soul of our team this year. He is a guy that everybody listened to. He's a guy that I could go and speak with on a personal level on what we needed to accomplish on our defensive unit. Um, and I tell you what, whatever success that we have going forward, Isaiah Tufunga is a huge piece of that. Um, you know, he came here from, the, um, from Oregon State University. He sat out a year. This is before the transfer portal. Um, got, got himself integrated within the team and then became one of the biggest leaders um, of our team going, going into this season. And he will be a big piece of what we are going forward. You know, I think some of the energy that his pers- as a position coach, Chris Brown, brings to practice through the, through the games, it sometimes trickles down to his players. And it's one player that, you know, Isaiah wasn't one boisterous guy on the field or whatever, but after he started to hang out with Coach Chris Brown, you can see that he kind of pounds his chest once in a while and uh, gives a, an energy, a little oomph to the crowd at uh, T.C. Ching uh, Stadium. And, you know, there's, there's so much things that people don't see, you know, uh, behind the closed doors that we just said. He, but he's a, he's a kid that who has so much knowledge of the game just because of his dad, his uncle, um, and guys like you who, who he's been growing up around, you know, such as you, yourself too, Gerald. You know, he's a La'ie boy, so it, it was good to see him come back and you know, play in front of the home crowd. We'll take a, uh, a short commercial break, and then we'll come back and talk story about you know, the, the, the future of U- University of Hawaii football. Um, of course, they, they announced that you guys will be playing some uh, now former Pac-12 teams coming up in 2024. So we'll take a, a short commercial break and come back right here to the Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. This is the Brotherhood, pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu. And we are back here at the St. Louis Alumni Association Clubhouse. Aaron McCombe along with Gerald Welch for the Brotherhood Show. And uh, we have our special guest, uh, Jacob Yoro, current defensive coordinator for the University of Hawaii football team. And it was just announced last week that you guys are replaying Oregon State and Washington State in 2024. How do you feel about that? Bring them on. Yeah. Um, that's always been the, uh, the mentality of our team. We'll play whoever, whenever, wherever, and um, we're excited about that. Um, former Pac-12 teams coming down to, to play you guys. Hopefully, it's, you get a sellout crowd at T.C. Ching uh, Stadium. So that's something that we, uh, we hope. We get a little buzz for the kids. Hopefully, you know, some kids that want to try and face uh, – you know, a Pac-12 school right there, the chance, you know, next season to, uh, you guys will be getting a couple games against them. Um, now that season, uh, now that football is done, you're in off-season mode, what uh, what happens now for you guys as a coaching staff? I mean, it, it's recruiting full board. Um, you know, <clears throat> Timmy's on the mainland right now, seeing some of our top recruits. You know, we're, we're going around locally, making sure that our top recruits are, are dialed in. And, and then the transfer portal is hit transfer portal has opened up um, today and so we're just kind of going through that and seeing who else we can add to our roster um, that can help us accomplish our goals. Did you look at the roster the, the transfer portal for Gerald Welch? Was his, what's his name in there by chance? Um, the I offensive look, line I, is full right now so <laughs> I can't help. I looked, I looked I didn't see his name Okay, um, but we're still checking. We'll talk, we'll talk to his agent then. <laughs> you know um, since you since you were in high school, Jacob, how would you rate high, uh, high school football here in Hawaii now um, compared to when you played? 
I think these players right now are so much better than when we played. And I don't know if Gerald would agree with that or not, but the training that they have year-round, um, their ability to do all the things that they do. You know, I mean, Gerald and I, I mean, it was football season, and then Gerald went into wrestling. I didn't wrestle. I didn't want to get in a singlet. Um, <laughs> but then I, I was on to baseball, right? And, and then the, the cycles just continue to change. And nowadays, there's kids who are playing football year-round, which is very beneficial to the college level. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, just seeing the players in Hawaii and seeing how much more advanced that they are, the ability, the coaches that, they're, that are out there right now that are teaching them the game, um, I think puts them in an advantageous point um, for them going to the Division One level. You know, speaking of baseball, I know what Gerald mentioned earlier that you guys used to play against each other. Honestly, Jacob, on a scale of 1 through 10, 10 being the best, 1 being not so good, what would you rate Gerald as a baseball player? I mean, it, it's kind of crazy because Gerald is like four years behind me at St. Louis. But in the youth baseball level, when it's age, right, <laughs> we played against each other, right? And so that I still can't figure that out. Um, Timmy's another one. Timmy, Timmy's like a year younger than me, but he's like three years in high school below me. Um, and But, you know, that that Koku side, they've they've raised a ton of great baseball players as well. Um, I played on the Koku Colts baseball team, and um, it's um, it was really fun, kind of growing up in Milani and and playing against all these guys. Uh, do you have a pregame ritual? I, you know, what's funny is I'm one of those guys where I've always been this way, where I get so amped up before games that I need to find ways to just relax. And so my pregame ritual in college was for me to read books. I would literally read novels to just kind of keep my keep my head away from kind of what was coming up here shortly. Um, now as a coach, um, there's some napping involved. Um, <laughs> there's some prayer involved, obviously. Um, and then just being able to kind of just see my daughter um, she comes up to the offices before um, I head down to get changed and get ready to roll. And just being able to just kind of relax and, and kind of get my mind right before the game. What's your go-to to eat before a game? Go-to to eat. Um, I would really like to be able to go to St. Louis Drive-In um, and be able to do that the same way I did in high school. Um, but for some reason, they, they take a long time to get this all And so... Um, lately, it's been one plus one drive-in. Um, you know, we're down at the hotel. We get through our last walkthrough. And then I kind of go pick up a plate lunch from one plus one drive-in. You know, pound on that and then get ready for the game. Are you an all-rice all or all-max salad kind of guy? I'm two rice, one max salad. Oh, okay, okay. So you're watching traditional, the Traditional, very yeah, traditional. Okay, okay. Local, that's a local boy special right very there. Very local boy, yeah. Um, Gerald, for you, you as the head coach this past season, did you have a pregame meal that you had every time? Um, yeah, no, not really meals. It's just more of a beverages, a nice cold shower, <laughs> water, water, uh, and just joking around with my coaches, having a good time, and just trying to, you know, I mean, I get worked up when when I see mistakes that could easily been avoided. That, that's like, are you serious? <laughs> But most of the time, I'm on the sideline making my coaches laugh, kind of keeping them, you know, 
not so you know worked up about things, but um, yeah, I just try to I just try to keep the mood light and, and, and take a nice cold shower and, and just you know enjoy enjoy the moment, enjoy coaching because you know like like football like when I played it, that thing came and went so fast and I, and I think coaching might be the same way. Uh, so I don't want to take it for granted. I, I, I try to make 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 it a fun experience for everyone involved and. Just watching my coaches do their thing and, and go through the process, it, it's been really fun, and, and I really enjoy it. We're going to start with uh, Jacob Bioro, uh from the class of 97, University of Hawaii Warrior Defensive Coordinator, and trying to you know, ask him some questions, and I'll put him on the spot because we, we never get a chance to kind of unwind and get to know the Jacob Bioro that we all want to know. So I know you're a music guy. You love music. What's the top three songs on your playlist for pregame? You know, what's funny is I enjoy music, but I have no clue who the artists are <laughs> and what the song names are. I really don't. Um, sing us a song. Come on. Sing I, us a song. There's, there's nothing that I could sing, and there's nothing that you would want me to hear me sing. Um, but to be honest, before games and, and the majority of my playlist now, it's praise music. It's worship music. It's things that for me to just kind of get my mind right. And um, I don't listen to a lot of radio. I'm a podcast guy. I'm a, I'm a um, worship guy. And, and so those are the things that just kind of make sure that my mind is right to understand that, that God is in control of everything and that that we're going out there to to play a game and, and for us to enjoy it and, and to enjoy the moment, like, like Gerald said. You know, got to ask you this because – Gerald went to one of his practices at St. Louis when you guys were getting ready to play Vanderbilt, I believe. Mm-hmm. Gerald had a – he didn't care for what uh, was being played during his practice. There was country music. I believe Coach Timmy Chang wanted to make sure the boys got acclimated to country music because that's where they are going to be you guys behind to. Do you think that helps practice situation or gets the boys ready? Or would you rather be like – Tim, just put on the local playlist for the guys to get pumped up to. You know, for me, I could care less about what music is being played. Um, whether the music is rap, whether the music is Hawaiian, whatever it is, um, I just want our guys ready to roll. And so whatever it is that makes them excited, whatever it is that makes them ready to practice, throw that thing on. And so... Um, <laughs> I kind of try to stay out of that. I was ready to roll my eyes when I, <laughs> when I was listening to that country music. I was calling for the job of the, the DJ. Apparently, it was Timmy. So I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe that's that's out of the question." But well, I think he was just getting them in the mood for the, for the whole Tennessee type deal. And I think he they played well. Oh, they played well. You know, yeah. touchdown short. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good game. I mean, very good. Uh, uh, thinking about him. But he didn't have the same playlist, though, for, for the game. So. <laughs> hey, uh, Jacob, because you're also a St. Louis alum, you, you guarantee you heard about this. Uh, St. Louis recently announced that uh, Coach Ron will not be coming back next season. So you as, a, you as an alum of St. Louis school, what uh, criteria do you think the next candidate should have? I mean, I, I ble- bleed blue and red. And it hurts me that as a Division One football coach, I need to hide that a little bit, right? It's one of those things where I have all of these St. Louis polos and these St. Louis hats, and it's something that I can't really wear on a consistent basis. But um, 
as far as who the next coach is and kind of what I believe they need to bring, I, I think that one, they need to be able to make sure that we can get the right players in to St. Louis school in order for us to consistently have success, right? And whoever that may be, whether that's from the North Shore, whether that's from, you know, the inner city of, of Honolulu, whatever that may be, it's making sure that we can get the best players back at St. Louis. Um, and then it's a person that, that's got to be the face of the program. It's got to be somebody that can stand there in front of all of the alumni, all of the, the fan base, um, and as somebody that we're going to be proud of. And so, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing who the school decides to to allow um, to lead this program moving forward. Um, but it, it's, it's a program in which, you know, we are all cheering for. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's, it's a place that the state of Hawaii, when St. Louis is good, the state of Hawaii is good. Um, and it's the same way with the University of Hawaii. It's, it's when, the state of, when the University of Hawaii is good, the state is good. And so I'm really excited. I think there's a bunch of great candidates. Um, and I hope that they make the right choice. Uh, before you leave, last question. What can we expect from defense of the Warrior football team in 2024? Um, you know, the number one thing that we're working on going forward is consistency. Um, you know, if you watch us throughout the year this year, there's there's games in which we perform very well. There's games in which we perform very poorly. Um, and that's sometimes the most frustrating part as a coach, whether it be at the youth level, the high school level, the college level, or the professional level, is is seeing the potential of a group and making sure that they're re reaching that potential each and every week. And so for us, um, you know, we've shown that, that we can play lights out defense. Um, that was shown at the Air Force game. That was shown, you know, through multiple quarters of the Colorado State game. It's shown, um, you know, at the Nevada game. Um, but it's for us to be able to do that on a consistent basis. Um, that's going to be the difference between our success and lack of success um, moving forward. Well, hey, Jake, we appreciate your time, uh, taking, making time for us and for a talk story about, you know, what the future holds for your defensive unit up there in Manoa. Of course, we wish you the best of luck in 2024. Hopefully we can bring you back before the season starts and kind of get an, an, uh, a little inside preview of what the defense uh, looks to look like in uh, next year because I think next year you guys will be bowling. That's what I, that's what I believe. You know, I, I, I believe that what you – uh, and team you guys are doing up uh, at the University of Hawaii Manoa is incredible, and we support you guys 125%. Bro. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on. We'll take a short uh, commercial break and come back and close the show right here with The Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. This is The Brotherhood, pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back to The Brotherhood Show. We're here on ESPN Honolulu. Aaron come along with 2000... Uh, we call him All-Star already, Gerald Welch. But, you know, hey, I got I to gotta tell you this, bro. You're not so much an All-Star when it comes to picking the final teams for the Bowl Championship uh, college football. <laughs> Gerald posted two days ago, his final four was one, Michigan, two, Washington, three, Alabama, four, Georgia. I want to ask you, Gerald, why did you leave out Texas, 
Why did you leave out um, FSU? I left out Texas because they lost to Oklahoma. You know, yeah. and I don't think Alabama or Georgia will lose to Alabama. Will lose to Oklahoma. Then they beat TCU 29-26, which I, you know, Colorado beat up on TCU at the beginning, and Colorado ended up not being the best that we as good as we thought. And then they beat Kansas State 33-30. You know, I, I just thought that that Georgia they. I mean, they went undefeated this year. You know, they lost to a very good Alabama team that's playing at a high level right now with, with, with Mr. Miro. Um, I just thought both of those SEC teams would would probably beat everybody in the field regardless who's there. Um, you know, I, and if, if Georgia or Alabama didn't make it, I was thinking that it would be Florida State because they deserve it, you know. They added down to their third-string quarterback, but their defense is playing phenomenal right now. I think... That defense reminds me of, you know, the typical Nick Saban defense. But I just I, – I put those four out there because, you know, well, my next four would have been UH, Hilo, UH, Shamanad, and HPU. But I don't think anybody would have bought in on that one. But, no, honestly, I, I, I thought those were the four teams that were the best in the country right now. Um, obviously, I'm not part of that select committee. I got three out of the four, though. So, I, you know, I'm 75%. So. Not bad. You know, I'll, yeah, let me go on, on record and say this. I was shocked when the, when the four teams came out. I, I, I honestly had Florida State there at three. And number four, I mean, sorry, yeah. Florida State at three, four was, I, I picked Texas. So when this thing came out on Sunday or yesterday when everyone saw it, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, there were some that was not shocked and there were some that were shocked. Um, one of the biggest uh, guys who was shocked, of course, was Coach Norvell at FSU. Um, you know, and, I, I, you know, he, he, he commented, he put a statement out there, you know, they went undefeated. They're from a, a, a big five conference. Yes, definitely. They have a right to be upset. I, I think, you know, what, what's the point of going through all of these offseason, you know, things and playing in these championship games, and, and if they don't count, right? Because obviously they made it. They were undefeated in Power 5 Conference. They should have been in there. They really should have. And But I, w- I just threw names out there just to start a conversation, and it, it was a fun one to see, the, the, the reactions, the comments. Um, but, you know, the Bowl Selection Committee do what they do, and these are the four teams. But I'm, I'm glad we got two St. Louis guys in there. We got... We got Roman and uh, Fatui Tuitele at Washington. You know, there's a couple of guys from Kahuku on Texas. So, yeah, we got some local mix in there, and it's, we're excited. I'm pretty sure this, the state is excited to see this. If you didn't know, uh, coming up on New Year's Day, Michigan takes on Alabama. Of course, Michigan, the one seed, Bama, the four seed in the Rose Bowl game. And then uh, coming up uh, at, uh, in the afternoon after that game, Will be number two uh, Washington Huskies versus number three Texas Longhorns in the All State Sugar Bowl. I, I gotta say that I'm excited for bowl games. Um, you know, they, 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 you know, it's funny they they hurt. FSU got hurt because of TCU. That's what it was basically. They said they didn't want to see uh, a team get sh- uh, get slacked like last year's title game. But you shouldn't hold that against a team because of somebody else. Everyone controls their own destiny. That's what I feel. To see FSU get the snub, to me, I, I'm still, I'm not for it. Um, you know, the, there's an argument. They go, oh, but they lost their starting quarterback. Do you remember back when Marcus Mariota played in the, in the national title game against Ohio State? 
That was Ohio State's third-string quarterback that was playing? Yeah, no, hey, you're exactly right. You know, I, I think there's a big roar, uproar for, you know, expand it a little bit. You know, let's add more teams in there so that we get it right. You know, they get it right. But I, I think that's the only solution. Let, let, let's make it a 12-team or a 10-team, whatever it might be. But let, let's get more teams in there so, you know, there's no quarrels about anything. And we get, we'll, we'll figure out the best by, by what's happening on the field. Is there a bowl game that intrigues you that you're going to be interested in watching uh, this bowl season? Well, it's, it's the Rose Bowl. I, 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 you know, I texted Roman Wilson today. You know what a great season he's had. I've coached him at St. Louis, and you know he he's made a name for himself at Michigan. You know, of all places, going from Hawaii in the warm weather to the freezing cold at Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I, I texted him. You know, um, and, and speaking to some of the guys that I know, and. and the Rose Bowl is something that you gotta see. You gotta you gotta experience it for yourself. So I'm kind of intrigued about that. So, are you gonna go? You gonna travel to? Um, I you know I, if I can get some tickets, you know, um, I'll, I'll go. You know, my wife and I have been th- thinking about it, and we'll see how it goes. We'll see what um, we'll see how the next couple of weeks shake out, and we'll see if we can make our arrangements. You know, one one bowl game that I'm excited to watch is of course the uh, Hawaii Bowl, which will be played here at uh, University of Hawaii Manoa, T.C. Ching uh, Athletic Complex. Because our, our, our local boy, Chevin Cordero, Crusader, coming back home for his final game, his final collegiate game, leading his team back home here in the Hawaii Bowl. You know, he, 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 had, a, he had a good start here in the islands in, co- in college. Unfortunately, he took another route to, to head off to San Jose State. But he's coming back home. Kind of like a homecoming of, of, of sorts, right? To come back home and play in front of his family, his friends. I mean, I, I, I'm excited for that game for sure. Well, I'm appreciative of that guy, especially Shevin Kodaro. If he hasn't left the University of Hawaii, I think Todd Graham would still be here. So by him leaving, you know, he opened up the door for Timmy Chang and his staff to come in. But one, one, one of the fun things about being an athletic director is, is today I was able to walk around the, the athletic complex with um, – the San Jose State coaches, you know, they're going to use our field for for the week uh, of practices. And, you know, I, I thought Chevin Cordero was the only guy on the team from St. Louis, but we also have two more guys. We got Quincy Lee Keel, class of 2021. And then we also have uh, our offensive lineman. He was at San Diego State oh, first. Um, and then he came to yeah. uh, San Jose State. Oh, no. Oh, I know you're talking about. Um, Laakea Kapoi. Yeah, Laakea Kapoi. So we got three of them. Uh, Laakea is an offensive lineman. Quincy is a defensive lineman. And, you know, Shav is doing his thing at quarterback. But I'm also really good friends with the with the coach, uh, Brent Brennan, who's uh, Colt Brennan's first cousin. So I, I know him on a personal level. So I'm excited for them. I, I've played in a couple of Hawaii Bowls, and my daughter was actually born in, at halftime during one of them. So... <laughs> It's a, it's a fun wow. game. It always it's gonna be memorable for me for for what what I've been through and things like that. So okay, it'll well, be fun. You know, Hawaii Bowl coming pretty soon, but we uh, we back in two weeks. Of course, uh, our guest in a couple of weeks will be Lee uh, Roofing's uh, Rocky. He'll be uh, of course coming back here on our, our show, talk story about their company and why he's a sponsor of the Brotherhood Show. But until then, on behalf of uh, Gerald Welch, I'm Aaron Mikami. This is the Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. All right.